I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Universities are moving away from a passive approach to technology transfer to engage with industry in new partnerships, put a greater emphasis on translational research, and nurturing technology so it can give rise to new products and companies. We spoke to Eric Tomlinson, Chief Innovation Officer of Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center, about these changes, the approach Wake Forest is taking, and how it's forging new relationships with industry and the regional economy. Eric, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Good morning. We're seeing a, a reimagining of the traditional technology transfer office. The, these offices in the past have taken relatively passive approaches to licensing university technology, but now there's active engagement with industry along the way, nurturing of technology through translational work and, and incubating startups. Where do you see Wake Forest innovations in this world? How do you view your role? What, what's your mandate? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, the that model is is gone, always going, and we've blown up the um, the tech transfer process that was existing here, and have now um, adopted an open innovation model to engage with industry. And uh, along the lines of of uh, your description, we are translating technologies in several different um, sectors to a point where they can be commercialized. At the same time, we are working with industry to understand their needs and uh, their aspirations and to see whether we have not just technology that is appropriate for them, uh, but also whether they uh, can benefit from the scholarship base that we have at Wake Forest, uh, as well as uh, uh, also the um, uh, also the specialized preclinical and clinical research assets that we have that may provide them with uh, new pathways to the marketplace. So open innovation and that engagement model with industry is now uh, rooted in uh, the Wake Forest uh, culture. Well, what do you mean by open innovation? Well, it's a process whereby uh, organizations uh, seek not just internal, but also external technologies and pathways to the marketplace. And um, that uh, process requires engagement with industry, understanding their needs, uh, and uh, putting, uh, putting their needs uh, uh, to, uh, to our faculty and investigators to see whether we can be uh, responsive and, and helpful. And at the heart of this is this urge to commercialize technology more rapidly. What tools do you have to accomplish that? Well, several tools, but the the prime accelerant is money, of course. And uh, to take an idea to a point whereby it is of value to uh, to commercialize to to a commercializing organization requires attention to the development process. Um, we have adopted a number of industry based criteria for developing our technologies. Uh, 
passing technology through a number of stage gates. Uh, each stage gate is um, linked to a milestone that that technology must achieve. And of course, as we go from stage gate to stage gate towards market, uh, it's an ever increasing financial uh, decision uh, as well as oversight decision. So we've um, built a uh, a uh, translational and uh, a development uh, business development group that has the skill base to work with industry. We're actually working in several areas. Uh, drugs slash vaccines, uh, regenerative medicine, uh, medical devices, diagnostics, and um, uh, and digital health, biohealth IT. And is that based on the expertise within the, the medical school, or is that a, a result of where you saw the best opportunities? It's a mixture of both. It's really titrating the, the world, and uh, titrating the world sounds too grand. It's really understanding what industries uh, wanting and what our asset base is we have a very acute focus at wake forest in in certain uh research areas and we're trying to key off those areas you talk about creating a, an ecosystem of innovation how, how do you do that well an ecosystem is 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 a, a phrase that can mean all things to all men but in our world it's a, a knowledge-based community that uh, has not just the uh, the basic scholarship base and the domain experts, but also has um, uh, folks engaged in uh, discovery and inventing and in developing and in financing and in protecting intellectual property and in managing that. And, and so it goes on and on. So it's a whole... Um, uh, group of uh, folks from different disciplines who can uh, contribute to the first of all the um, the uh, innovative process, the development process, the translation process, the commercialization process, and around that to manage it and to finance it. And traditionally, I think tech transfer offices might have measured it, their success by licensing revenue or patents. And licenses. What what metrics do you use to measure your success, and, and can you share some of those numbers with us? Well, this is um, a two pronged metric. Actually, one is to bring um, products and services to the clinical marketplace. That's our mission, actually, as an academic medical center, and to do so in a way that provides the medical center and its uh, faculty and investigators with a fair financial return on that. So it's a, it's a dual-pronged um, uh, metric. It's a virtuous cycle um, that uh, that is not, not measured by numbers of patents and numbers of inventions and numbers of licenses, but really about the uh, products, services, and income from those. Um, over the last several years, uh, Wake Forest has been fortunate to have been very successful uh, in licensing and bringing income into into the uh, medical center. But we are now at a phase whereby we're really building a superior pipeline of technology um, uh, for the future. So it'll be several years before that uh, pipeline can be um, monetized, uh, but uh, 
we're confident that that's the the path we're on. Earlier, you mentioned the gates, but walk me through your process. How do you go about identifying technology with commercial potential? How do, how far do you take it in terms of development, and and do you get involved in company creation? Well, we apply industry standard criteria to ideas and technology. Um, some of the key metrics that we look for, the key criteria that we we assess are. How long will it take to bring this technology to the marketplace? You know, is there a reasonable time at a reasonable cost that this can come to market? That's number one. Number two is uh, what is our proprietary and competitive position? And three, do we have the skill set or do we have partners who can help us uh, develop and uh, commercialize that, that technology? We... Um, we as an institute um, uh, will license uh, or commercialize technology from its very early stage all the way through to early clinical re- uh, studies. So we are engaged in, in development across the whole range of uh, preclinical uh, research, preclinical development, and early clinical development with our uh, development partners. Um, we're also engaged with um, with startups. We've we've created over thirty startups in the last uh, year, few years, and uh, we will continue to look at that as one of the um, one of the ways in which to uh, to promote the the technology. But uh, it really is now a different world. The open innovation engagement model is a totally different world of of, of as the word suggests, um, direct interaction with folks that are thinking strategically about their businesses or need to find uh, different technologies or pathways to to go to the market. Well, industry engagement is certainly central in in what you're doing. What are the different ways in which you're working with industry? Oh, it's it's, uh, uh, probably three three ways. Um, uh, Ranging from digital marketing to create that awareness of what the scholarship base, the technology base, and the the capabilities base or bases are of Wake Forest. Um, very sophisticated tools used there, including social media, which uh, uh, is very valuable. Um, secondly, we uh, we have a, a large presence, physical presence, at all the right uh, uh, meetings and conferences. Um, and that enables us to to uh, to uh, uh, find the business development heads, to find the R and D heads, and to knock on the doors of the C suites of pharmaceutical, biotech, and med device companies. But we also are extremely fortunate that, that Wake Forest um, has a network of uh, of alumni and. Uh, and former um, faculty and uh, who and current faculty actually who who know what industry is uh, is is engaged in. So we uh, we use those networks. And uh, this uh, my office is uh, every day. There's another company comes through, um, or we're out at another company. So it's a it's a very big engagement actually. Well, there's been a big cultural shift on campuses as far as academicians' willingness to get involved in translational and commercial work, but it's still a work in progress on many campuses. Have you seen any mind shift at Wake Forest 
in that regard? Are, are you now attracting different types of researchers who have an entrepreneurial bent? The two things are required, though. You, you, you need to incentivize faculty investigators to work with industry. You know, that needs to be uh, understood. And that is both um, a education process, but it's also uh, one that requires a change in our policies and 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 uh, and um, so we're we're undertaking that. Secondly, uh, most f- most faculty, if they have not worked with industry, don't have a clue about what it means. So we are um, uh, educating our faculty with uh, various uh, in various forums, whereby those who have worked with faculty or are working with as with industry or are working with industry describe what that looks and feels like and we bring industry in to uh, to mingle so it's a you know tech transfer used to be uh, let me get that license done under the institutional terms and now it's uh, it's more like a, a marriage you know you 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 start dating you start finding out whether there's there's interest you get to meet the family um, you know pretty much before you do the uh, the license agreement that you're going to actually uh, marry that person so it's all about relationships and building those relationships and we we um, involve faculty and scientific investigators in building those relationships and it's a new world for uh, an academic medical center one which uh, is bearing a lot of fruit well, to what extent is this change being driven by the difficulties biomedical researchers face today accessing federal funding? Um, I don't know about that, actually. I, I, you know, we, we clearly, as an academic medical center, have a mission that is all about uh, patient care. And so research has generally been a, uh, a distant partner of the clinical side of an academic medical center. And with very defined service lines, uh, clinical service lines and a very focused research um, program at Wake Forest, uh, it's a natural consequence that research leads to products and services that can be used for those service lines. And so it's a nice alignment. Um, I don't think we see it very much as, I mean, clearly, going back to a virtuous cycle, we, um, we look for sustained streams of revenue that can support our, our mission. And so it all plays nicely into one another. You wear multiple hats. You're, you're also president of the Wake Forest Innovation Quarter. Can you explain to our listeners what the Innovation Quarter is and how it came about? How many weeks do you have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what it is is an urban-based um, district for innovation in um, in uh, research, in business, and in education. And the sectors that we have here are in uh, biomedical science, in information technology, clinical services, and advanced materials. It's likely as we develop that we will um, grow rapidly in the area of e-health and digital health. Um, we're the fastest growing innovation district that there is actually in the U.S. We've grown from just a few hundred people three years ago to uh, what would be over 4,000 people this time next year. Uh, we have about 55 companies, 
22 academic departments, various institutes represented here, and our whole mantra, unlike a traditional research park, our whole mantra is that this is the place where people work and they live. Um, we have about 600 departments in and around the innovation quarter, several more under development. It's a place where people uh, learn uh, lots of activation of space with, um, for example, curated TED lectures, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, formal education programs, our MD program is moving down into innovation quarter. We have our PA program. We have a nurse anesthetist program. Uh, it's also a place where people can relax and play. So we have uh, publicly accessible parks, which we've built with stages and, uh, and amphitheaters. We have greenways. Uh, restaurants are moving in, so it's a it's a small town actually that's emerging. So in the next uh, in the next period of time, our, our focus is on actually doubling the size. We've got something like 2.5 million square feet now built out, very inspirational space. It's attracting a lot of attention within the state, within the city, and uh, we are working on attracting into the innovation quarter uh, companies and and institutes from from outside. The Winston-Salem area in North Carolina, where you're based, was an area that w- where the economy was driven by the tobacco industry, by textiles. How is the economy changing in the region, and, and what do you see as both the university's role and, and the opportunity for it? Well, there's no doubt that in the uh, in, in the last 30 years, the town was was uh, was devastated by the loss of about six industries, including the haulage industry, actually, and banking and uh, and, and tobacco and textiles, and uh, set about rebirthing itself, actually. And uh, so a partnership between Wake Forest and the city and the county and the state has come about with the focus on innovation and on the arts. And there is uh, clearly um, a change afoot in Winston-Salem. Uh, I've been here three years, and it's gone from being a town that was pretty much dead at night to one which is vibrant, I mean, like, like a lot of towns actually, but vibrant, and not just millennials, but uh, uh, bless them, but uh, old codgers like me coming in. And so we have now um, this partnership underway. We've attracted several hundreds of millions of dollars of inward investment. Our main development partner, Wexford Science, Wexford Science and Technology, will by the end of uh, next year have invested over $400 million only in the innovation quarter. We have other developers coming in. Uh, A lot of this has been, frankly, fueled by the availability of historic uh, tax um, credits, uh, incentives, whereby um, old mills and old factories, uh, which are on the historic register, can be repurposed to become inspirational spaces and the investors will get a uh, uh, are incentivized to a tax break to to make that investment. So the Wake Forest University, Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center, uh, slightly different organizations actually, um, but related, um, really are helping to revitalize not just downtown Winston-Salem, but Winston-Salem in partnership with the uh, city, the county, and the state. If you're attending the 2015 Bio-International Convention in Philadelphia, June 15th to 18th, and would like to hear more from Eric, he'll be on the panel Inventing Your Own Hub, Evolving Institutional Models for Translational Medicine at 3.30 June 16th. Eric Tomlinson, President of Wake Forest Innovation Quarter and Chief Innovation Officer of Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. 
Eric, thanks so much for your time today. Dave, my pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.